Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Coach of the WA Cricket Team is going to join us live from Melbourne. After what was a pretty tough day at the office, four for 446 of Victoria at Stumps on the third day's play. So this is no doubt heading for a draw. WA made 466, so the Vicks lead, in fact, trailed WA by 20 runs with six wickets remaining. But we'll talk to Adam Voges, not just about that game, but about a couple of issues in WA cricket. Ryan Campbell, the coach of the Netherlands, is going to join us a bit later on as well. So look forward to speaking to Cambo, who's in Geelong. And he's got a great story to tell us about uh, how a group of mates have come from all parts of the world to be with him down under as he takes charge of uh, the Netherlands cricket team in the first round of the ICC T20 World Cup. It uh, honours six months since uh, Ryan Campbell survived a pretty significant heart attack that at stages may have been far more fatal than it actually was. But he's on the mend. He's back doing what he loves best. And it appears a lot of friends have ventured down under to catch up with him while he tries to steer the Netherlands to next week and uh, the second part of the ICC T20 World Cup. So Cambo's going to join us in just a moment. The other thing, again, that's really grown legs on the back end of what's happened with the Australian Diamonds netball team. Pat Cummings, what he said yesterday about Linter Energy as the captain of the Australian ODI side, which was announced yesterday. And, of course, a story that's come through this morning where a group of high-profile Dockers fans, as well as former players like Dale Kickett and the inaugural football manager of the Dockers, Jerry McNeil, have called on the club to dump oil and gas giant Woodside as its major sponsor. Now, in an open letter the Dockers board and President Dale Alcott, the signatory said it was no longer appropriate for a fossil fuel company to sponsor the club as the globe grappled with climate change. Well, in the end, Dale Alcock, the president of the Fremantle Football Club, got on the front foot and said this earlier today. Look, my first comment is that Woodside has been uh, a tremendous supporter and partner of the Fremantle Football Club since 2010, and they remain so today. So we have a contract in place with Woodside, and like any good contract, there's obligations on both parties to uh, fulfil and abide by that contract. You know, I, on behalf of Fremantle Football Club, acknowledge that climate change and sustainability are key social issues, and, you know... Um, and, and those key social issues are community issues. Our members, supporters, players, staff, the broader community, we, we all understand it and we all get it. But the issue is complex. It's an important one, but it's complex. And, you know, from a Fremantle football pers- perspective, and particularly with our board, the biggest thing that we do is we listen to all of the perspectives, not just on this subject, but on all subjects, 
and we make sure that we listen and then those issues need to be considered by our management and by our board. And I think the duty of our board is to listen, you know, to maintain balance, give things due consideration, not be re reactive and then make the best decisions um, for our club. And, uh, you know, that's the important role that we've got to play here. But certainly respectful of the point of view of others, not just on this subject, but there's a lot of issues that are impacting sport um, over, over a number of different issues that are concerned to the community. Interesting, isn't it? Uh, well, the Australian mining, energy, gambling and even alcohol companies, uh, of course, are sponsoring sport, aren't doing it, as we know, from the good of their hearts. They're doing it because it's good for their brands. No question about that. And Australian sporting codes in the most crowded sporting landscape in the world are all too keen to take the money. And why wouldn't they? Now, unless it's one of the big codes in the country, and you're thinking probably AFL, NRL cricket, and possibly the Australian Open tennis, all of which attract hundreds of millions of dollars through TV rights deals, you know, sports are desperate for sponsorship to keep their organisations running. Now, we know the AFL recently signed a record deal worth about $4.5 billion, and that has extensive sponsorship agreements which in some cases can tie the league up in knots. It accepts millions of dollars from sports betting companies, which also host videos on its online platform warning children against the dangers of online betting. It is just a merry-go-round. And uh, this is crazy, what's transpired in the last few days. Uh, and I can, I can understand both sides of the fence, but... Who's going to pay if some of these sports aren't allowed to generate sponsorship and some of the players are saying, well, we don't agree and I don't want to play with a brand that'll be on my uniform. There's two ways to go here. Is that the governing body forfeits million dollars of sponsorship or secondly, the sports person walks away from the sport. Where is the winner? It just, I suppose, illustrates how sponsorship and individual ethics are not always easy bedfellows in this scenario. I'd like to get your thoughts on it. Uh, where does it all end now? I reckon it's gonna, there's going to be more to come. There's no question there's going to be more to come. You can join us on the Temperate Bedshed text line 0487 736 736 or give us a yell on the Scarborough Toyota open line 13 12 55. Now, the West Indies are in a world of pain they're playing their second game in the T20 World Cup, the first round against Zimbabwe. They lost their first match, as we know, to Scotland in what was considered an upset. This is the West Indies who have won this tournament twice. And here they are at this stage probably struggling possibly to even get through to the Super 12s. Currently, they are 5 for 99. 5 for 99. The run rate is 7. 3-4, and we're in the 14th over. In fact, uh, a bit of a misfield there by one of the Zimbabwean outfield. So they've now cracked 105 for 101. Holder, who top scored for West Indies in their first match, uh, made 30-odd, is there at the moment. He's four from two balls. Maybe they need to call on him again. That wasn't given LBW, that previous dismissal, was it? It looked uh, pretty much plumb to me. Maybe there was a bit of an inside nick onto the pad. Anyway... Speaking of all the terminology of cricket, in fact, another wicket has just fallen, another caught and bowled. So West Indies, 
Yeah, West Indies six for one hundred and one. Six for one hundred and one. Holder has gone for four. Caught and bowled. Fourteen overs down. And you should see some of the faces in the West Indies dugout. Let's talk cricket with Adam Voges next, the uh, coach of the uh, WA cricket team, about T20, about Big Bash, and also the road they're playing on currently at the Junction Oval in Melbourne. It's eight past five.